our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. The Hound of the Breastfields by Amy Pulling Doyle. Chapter 12 Death on the Mall. For a moment or two, I sat breathless, hardly able to believe my ears. Then my senses and my voice came back to me, while the crushing weight of responsibility seemed an instant to be lifted from my soul. A cold, incisive, ironical voice. To belong to but one man in all the world. Holmes, I cried. Holmes, come out, said he. And please be careful with the revolver. I stooped under the rude ink lintel. There he sat upon a stone outside, his grey eyes dancing with movement. They fell upon my astonished features. He thin and worn, but clear and alert. His clean face, bronzed by the sun, roughened by the wind. Three suit and cap, cloth cap, looked like any other tourist upon the moor. He had contrived with a cat-like love of personal cleanliness, which was one of his characteristics that his chin should be as smooth and his linen perfect as he were in Baker Street. I was never more glad to see anyone in my life, said I, run, I rang him by the hand, or oh, more astonished man. Well, I must confess to it. Surprised you're not all on one side, I saw you, and I idea that you have found my occasional retreat. Still less that you were inside it until I was within twenty paces of the door. Your footprint, I presume? No, Watson. I fear I cannot undertake to recognise your footprint amid all the footprints of the world. You seriously desire to deceive me? You must change your tobacconist. For when I see the stub of cigarette marks spreading Oxford Street, I know that my friend Watson is in the neighbourhood. You see it there beneath the path? You threw it down to no doubt at a supreme moment when you changed into when you charged into the empty hutch of Atley. Oh, as much. I know your admirable Tennyson. I am convinced that you were sitting in ambush, a weapon within reach, waiting for the tenant to return. So you actually thought that I was a criminal? I did not know who you were, but I was determined to find out. Was that excellent, Watson? And how did you localise me? You saw me, perhaps, on the night of the convict hunt, when I was so impertinent as to allow the moon to rise behind me. Yes, I saw you then. You have no doubt searched all the huts until you came and slipped one. Now your boy had been reserved, and that gave me the guide where to look. The old gentleman in Tedstoke, no doubt, I could not make out when first I saw the light flashing upon the lens. He rose and peeped into the hut. Ah! I see the cartwright has brought up some surprise. What's this paper? So you have been to Coombe Tracy, have you? Yes. 
See Miss Laura Lyons? Exactly. Well done. Her search has evidently been running in parallel lines. When we unite the results, I expect we shall have fairly full knowledge of the case. I'm glad it was the right heart. But you are here to for indeed the responsibility of mystery does become too much for my nerves. Now in the name of wonder did but how in the name of wonder did you come here? And what you've been doing? I thought you were working in the black Baker Street, working out that case of blackmail. That and that I wished you to think. Then you see me you think, and yet do not trust me? I cried with some bitterness. I think I have deserved better at your hand, Holmes. My dear fellow, you've been invaluable to me in this in many other cases. I beg that you forgive me if I seem to play a trick upon you. In truth, partly for your own sake that I did it. With my protestation of the danger which ran which you ran which led me to come down and examine the matter for myself. Had I been with Sir Henry, you had it, you had, had you, it, and you it was confident that in my point of view would have been the same as yours. Her presence would have warned you, your very fellow opponents, to be on their guard. As it is, been able to get about, they could not possibly have done. Had I been living in the hall, a main and unknown fact of the business, ready to throw in all my weight at a critical moment. But why keep me in the dark? Well, you to know it could not have helped us, and might possibly have led to my discovery. You would have listened, wished to tell me something, when your kindness would have brought me out from comfort or another, so or so a necessary risk would be was to be run. Walk right down with me. You remember the little chap at the express office? You see him after my simple meal once, loaf of bread, a clean collar. What does a man what does a man want more? You leave you me actually pair of eyes upon a very active pair of feet, and both have been invaluable. The reports have been all been wasted, my voice trembled. The cord of pains and pride had composed me. I took a bundle of papers from his pocket. Here are your reports, my dear fellow, and very well thumbed, I assure you. Made excellent arguments, arrangements, and they are only delayed one day upon the way. I must come up prevent you receiving upon the zeal intelligence which you have shown over an extremely difficult case. I still well rather raw upon the deception which has been practised upon me. The warmth of Holmes' praise drove my anger from my mind. I felt also my also my heart is right in what he said. It was really best for our purpose. I should not have known that he was upon the moors. That's better, he said, seeing a shed arise from my face. And now tell me the result of your visit to Mrs. Laura Lyons. It was rather difficult for me to guess it was to see her what that you had gone. For I already aware that she is the one person in Coon Tracy who might be asserted us in the matter. In fact, if you had not gone today, sooner probably I should have gone tomorrow. Sun has set, the dusk is settling over the moor. Here turned the chill. We withdrew into the hut for warmth. There sitting together in twilight, I told Holmes of my conversation with the lady. Provinces as he had no repeat some of it twice before he satisfied. Provinces as he had to repeat some of it twice before he was satisfied. This is most important, said he, when I had concluded. 
It was a gap that had been unmade with the grief his most complex affair. The aware, perhaps, of close intimacy exists between this lady and man's tragedy. I did not know of a close intimacy. There can no, be no doubt about the matter. They meet, they write. There is a complete understanding between them. Now, the, now this puts a very powerful weapon to our hands. If I could only use it to detect his actions, wifey, wife, I'll give you some information now. In return, all you've given me, lady, is past fear of mistaking him. It is in reality his wife. Good heavens, Holmes. Are you sure of that? What do you say? How could he have committed so Henry fall in love with her? Henry's falling in love could do no harm to anyone except him, Sir Henry. He took particular care that Sir Henry did not make love to her, as you have reserved. Reserve. Repeat that lady is his wife, not his sister. But why in this elaborate deception? Because he foresaw she'd be very much more useful to him in the character of a free woman. With all my unspoken instincts, my vague suspicion suddenly took shape and centred upon the naturalist, the pulsive, colourless man with his straw hat, his butterfly neck. I seemed to see something terrible, a creature of infinite patience and craft, a smiling face, a murderous heart. Is he, then, who is our enemy? Is he who dogged us in London? So I read the riddle. And the warning must have come from her, exactly. Shape with it, some monstrous venality, half seen, half guessed, loomed through the darkness. Its girl gripped me so long. But are you sure of this, Holmes? How do you know the one was his wife? Because he has so far forgotten himself as to tell you a true piece of autobiography. Upon occasion, when we first met you, I dare say he has many a time regretted it since. He was a schoolmaster in the north of England. Now is no more easy to trace a schoolmaster. Now there is no one more easy to trace than a schoolmaster. His scholarly researches by which one can identify a man had been in the profession. His investigation showed that the school had come to great under atrocious circumstances. And that the man who owned it, the man was different, disappeared with his wife, gripped and grieved. When I learned that the missing man was devoted to the entomology, the investigation was complete. Darkness was rising, but much was still hidden by the shadows. The woman in truth his wife. Where does Miss Laura Lloyd come in? I asked. There, that is one of the points upon which your own researches shed a light. The interview with the lady was cleared. The situation very much did not know about a project directed divorce between herself and her husband. In the case of God in Sigridan, an unmarried man, he counted no doubt upon becoming his wife. When she when when she be unsuccessful, why, when we first when we may find the lady's service, it must be our first duty to see her. Both of us command, don't you think, Watson? Will you use your way? What that do you are away from your charge rather wrong? The place should be at Bassinger Hall. Bed stakes have faded away. Creeps away the way in the west and the night, settled upon the moor, where very faint stars were gleaming in the violet sky. One last question, Holmes, I said as I rose. Surely no need to signal between you and me. What meaning of it all? What is he after? Holmes' face Holmes voice sank as he answered. Murder, Watson. You find cold-blooded, deliberate murder. Do not ask me for particulars. My nets are closing upon me. 
even as his own as his are upon Sir Henry. With our help he is ready almost at my mercy. There is but one danger that to threaten us, is that he should strike before we are ready to do so. Another day two of the most and by complete face complaint the dealing God of charge, closely as the ever fond mother rocked their lying child. Mission today justified itself, and yet I could almost wish that you had left not left his side hark. Purple scream of long yelled horror and anguish burst at silence of the moor. A frightful cry turned her blood to ice in my veins. Oh my god, I gasped, what is it? What does it mean? Holmes had sprung to his feet and saw his dark erotic outline, the door of the hut, his shoulders stooping, his head thrust forward, his face peering into darkness. Hush, he whispered, hush. A cry had been loud and the cut of his remnant. It had peeled out from somewhere off the shuddery panes. Now it burst in over our ears, louder, nearer, louder, more urgent than before. Where is it, Holmes? whispered. I knew from the fear of his voice that he a man of iron had shaken to the soul. Where is it, Watson? There, I think, I pointed in the darkness. No, where? Again, with anguish, cry and sweat through the silent night louder, much nearer than ever. A new sound mingled with it, a deep murmured, murmured rumble, a musical yet menacing, rising and falling like the low constant murmur of sea. The hound cried Holmes. Come, Watson, come, great heavens. If we are too late, he had started running swiftly in the moor. I followed at his heels, and now from somewhere among the broken ground immediately in front of us came one last despairing yell, and a dull, heavy thud. We halted and listened. Not another sound broke the heavy silence of the endless night. So Holmes put his hand to his forehead as a man distracted, stamped his feet upon the ground. He had beaten us, Watson. We are too late. Oh no, surely not. Fool that I was to hold my hand. You, Watson, see what comes of abandoning your charge. But for my heaven, if worse had happened, we avenge him. Blindly we ran through the gloom, blundering, against boulders, facing, forcing away through the gorge, bushes, bushes panting up the hills, rushing down slopes, heading away, always, direction whence those dreadful sounds had come. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Even Ray turned looked easily round him, but the shadows were thick upon the moor, and nothing moved on his dreary face. Can you see anything? Nothing. But hark, what is that? A low moon had fallen upon our ears. There is there it was again upon our left. Beside a ridge of rocks ended in a sheer cliff, which overlooked a stone shorn slope. The ragged face of the red eagle's some dark irregular object. Ran towards it. The vague outline was hardened to definite shape. Definite shape. Prostrate man, face downward, upon the round, a head doubled upon over under him. Horrible angle, shoulders rounded, a body hunched together as if in the act of throwing a somersault. Grotesque was the attitude. I could not for an instant realise that the moan had been passing of his soul. Not a whisper, not a rustle rose now. The dark figure over which we stooped, Holmes laid his hand upon him and held it again. Exclamation of horror! The gleam of the match which he struck shone upon his frosted fingers, upon the glassy pole which widened slowly from the crushed skull of the victim. Shone upon something else which turned our hearts sick and faint upon us within us. Our body, Sir Henry Baskerville. No chance of either of us forgetting that peculiar ruddy tweed suit. The very one which he wore on the first morning we seen him in Baker Street. We caught the one clear glimpse of it, and then the match flickered and went out. He, even as hope had gone out of our souls, home and groaned. He faced grimly, white through the darkness. The brute, the brute, I cried that with clenched hands, oh, Holmes, shall never forgive myself for having left him with his fate. I am more to blame than you, Watson. In order to have my case well rounded and complete, I've thrown away the life of my client. Greatest blow to have fallen me in my career. But how could I know? How could I know? He could risk his life alone upon the moor, the face of all my warning. What that he should have heard what that we should have heard his screams. My God his servants, yet have been unable to save him. Where is this brute of a hound? He croaked into his death, maybe lurking among those ro- his rocks with that instant and Stephen, where is he? He shall answer for this deed. He shall. I see that her uncle nephew has been murdered, one frightened death by the very sight of the beast, which he thought to be supernatural. The other driven to his end with wild flight to escape from it. And now we have to prove the connection between the man and the beast. Save from that what we have heard, we cannot even swear the existence of the latter, since Sir Henry is evidently died from the fall. But by heaven's cunning as he is, further shall be but in my power. For another day had passed. We stood with bitter hearts on either side of the mangled body, overwhelmed by this sudden and irrevocable disaster, which had brought all our long and weary labours to piteous, piteous an end. Then, as the moon rose, we climbed to the top of the rocks, over which our poor friend had fallen. From the summit we gazed out over shadowy moor, half silver, half gloom, far away miles off in the direction of Dinkton. A single steady yellow light was shining 
could only be come from lonely abode of decadence. The villa curse have shook my fist at our blaze. Why should we not seize him at him once? Our fish is not to leap, the fellow is wearing cunning. The last degree, not that we know, but we, what we can prove. We make one false move, the miller may escape as yet. What can we do? We've plenty for us to do tomorrow. Tonight we only perform last offices to our poor friend. Together we made our way down to Patricia's slope. As we approached the body, black and clear against the silver dome, the agony those contorted him struck me with a spasm of pain and blurred my eyes with tears. I sent for help home. We cannot carry him all the way to Hall. Good heavens, you are mad. I uttered a cry and bent over the body. Now he's dancing and laughing and waving my hand. Could this be, this be my stern Socrates friend? They were hidden fires indeed. A beard, a beard, the man has a beard, a beard. He's not the baronet. Why, it's why, it's my neighbour, the convict. Feverish haste, we turn the body over. Jeffrey and Beard have been pointing out a cold, clear moon. There could be no doubt about the bed leaning the forehead, the sunken animal eyes. It is indeed the same face that is there, upon me in the light of a candle, and over the rock, face of Selden, the criminal. In an instant it was all clear to me. I remember I had a baronet. Told me he had handed his old wardrobe to Barrymore. Barrymore passed it in order to help Selden escape. Boats, shirt, cap, it was all Sir Henry's. Treasury was still black enough. His man, at least, had deserved death by the Lord of his tempter. I told Holmes over how the matter stood, heart bubbling over with thankfulness and joy. Then I closed had been the poor devil's death. Had he been clear enough that the hound had been laid on some article of Sir Henry's a boot, had been strapped in a hotel with all proper liberty. So I ran this man down. There is very different singular thing of the hound coming served and darkness. I know the hound was on his trail. You heard him. The other hound upon the moor would not rob a man like his convict with such a mechanism or tear his wrists with capture and scream wildly for help. But his cries he must have run a long way. Or he knew the animal was on his track. How did he know? Great mystery to me is why this hound presuming presuming all conjectures are correct. Doing nothing. Well then, why this hound should be loose at night tonight? Suppose it does not always run loose upon the moor Stapleton will not let it go unless we have reason to think that Sir Henry be here, be there, the difference is more formidable more formidable of the of the two. I think we shall very shortly get an explanation of yours. Though our mind may remain forever mystery, the question now is, what shall we do with the poor wretch's body? We can't leave it here to foxes and ravens. I would suggest we put it in one of the huts until we can communicate with the police. It's likely, I have no doubt, that you and I could carry this so far. Hello there, Watson. That's, what's this? The man himself of all that wonderful argus. Not a word to show us sufficient. Not a word of my plan crumbled to the ground. Dick was approaching to us over the moor. I saw the dull red glow of a cigar. The moon shone upon him. A indistinguishable vapour shaped and jaunty walking mattress. He stopped when he saw us, then came on it. Then came on again. Why, Dr. Watson, what? That, what? That you, is it? Are you the last man I should have expected to see out on the morrow? The time of night? But dear me, what's this? Someone hurt? No, don't tell me. That's his old friend, Sir Henry. Hurried past me and stooped over the dead man. Heard a sharp imprint his breath as cigar fell from his fingers. Who is this? he stammered. It's Selden, the man who escaped from Princetown. Stoverton turned a ghastly face upon us, but by sweet effort he overcome his amazement. Disappointment. 
It looks like we've come home for Holmes to read. Dear me, what a shocking affair. How did he die? Sir Peter broken his neck by falling over his rocks. His rocks, my friend and I were strolling on the moor when we heard a cry. I heard a cry also. It brought me out. I was uneasy about Sir Henry. What well, about Sir Henry in particular? I could not help asking. Was that he suggested he'd come over? But did not come. Well, he was surprised and actually became alarmed for his safety when I heard cries. The more, by the way, his eyes darted at the ring. My face to Holmes. Did you hear anything else besides the cry? No, said Holmes. Did you? No. What do you mean then? Well, you know, the story is a peasant's tale about a phantom hound. The silent said could we be heard on that night upon the moor. I was wondering if there were any evidence of such a sound to make. We heard nothing of the kind, said I. What is it your theory of this poor fellow's death? I've no doubt his anxiety exposure had driven him off his head. He rushed about the moor his face taken eventually fallen over the broken here and broken his neck what seems the most reasonable theory said Stephen and gave a sigh as he took the indicated relief what do you think about it Mr. Sherlock Holmes my friend bowed his bowed his compliments you are quick to exaggeration said he we have been expecting you in these parts said, said sir so uh, Dr. Watson came down you are in time to see a tragedy this lead I've no doubt that my friend's explanation told the facts I'll take that unpleasant remembrance back to London with me tomorrow. Oh, you return tomorrow? That's my intention. Hope your visit will cast some weight upon these occurrences, which have puzzled us. I shrugged his shoulders. One cannot always have the success for which one hopes. Let's leave these facts, not legends or rumours. They have been a and not have been an exaggerated case. Then spoke in his frankest and most concerned manner. Saban still looked hard at him. He turned to me. I shall suggest carrying the poor fellow to my house. I give my sister such a fright. I do not feel justified in doing it. I think we might put something over his face. We should be safe until tomorrow morning. Where was the ring's rest resisting? Raven's offer to sociability. Holmes and I set off to Battersea Forum. Stephen Natchez had turned alone. Looking back, saw a figure moving slowly, way over the broad moor. Behind him, long black smudge and a silver slope, which showed there the man was lying. They had been so horribly, come so horribly to his end. They get to grows grips at last, said Holmes. He walked towards across the moor. What a nerve the fellow has. And uh, he pulled himself together in the face of what had been a paralyzing shock. He found the wrong man had fallen a victim to his plot. I told you in London, Watson. I'll tell you now again. We have never had a foreman more worthy of our steel. I'm sorry that he deceived me. So was I at first. There's no getting out of it. What effect do you think it will have upon his affairs now that he knows you're here? It may, it may cause him to become more cautious, or it may drive him to desperate measures at once. Like most clever criminals, he may be too confident in his own cleverness. Imagine he has completely deceived us. Why should we not arrest him at once? My dear Watson, you are born to be a man of action. Your instinct is always to do something energetic. Energetic, but supposing for him an argument's sake, we had him arrested tonight. What on earth a better off should we be, do be for that? We could prove nothing against him. He'd have his cunning of it. If he were acting for, for a human a human agent, he could get some evidence. But we were to drag his great dog to the light of day would not help us in putting a rope around the neck of his master. Surely we have a case. Not a shadow one. I summarise and conjecture. Should be laughed at the court. He came with such story, such evidence. There is Sir Charles' death. About 
Sandeep, is that a master coming? You know, you and I know that he died of sheer fright. We all, we also know it frightened him. It frightened him how we are. We have kept twelve solid, solid journeymen to know it. What signs are there of a hound? Where are the marks of its fangs? Of course we know what a hound would have bite a dead body. But Sir Charles was dead before. Uh, to the brute overtook him. But we have to prove all this. We have not in a position to do it. Well then, tonight? We are no better off tonight again. We have a direct connection between the hound and the man's death. We never saw the hound. We never... We heard it. We could not prove that it was running upon this man's trail. This is a complete absence of motive. It's a complete absence of motive. My dear... No, my dear fellow. Unless we scold ourselves for the fact. We have no case for the present. It is worth our while to risk it. To run a risk for the order to establish one. How do you propose to do so? I have great hopes of what Miss Laura Loring may do for us when position affairs is made clear to her. That is my own plan. As well, significance of my is evil that will follow. Uh, but I hope, therefore, before the day is passed, has an upper hand at last. I could draw nothing further from him. He walked lost in thought, far as a fashionable gate. He's coming up? Yes, I see no reason for further concealment. Oh, one last word, Watson. Will not think the hounds to Sir Henry. Let him think that Selden's death was at stake. Was at stake with him. Would us have us to believe? You will have a better nerve to deal with speed. You will have to undergo tomorrow. He's engaged, if I remember, report tonight. The right to dine with those people. So am I. Then you must excuse yourself and be. And we must go alone. That it will be easy arranged. Easy arranged. And now. If we are too late for dinner, I think we are both ready for our suppers. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.